soon as I hit record. What is up, everyone? I am the one and only Mike Liorti. I'm pretty sure I'm the one and only. I'm here in my rehearsal room in Orange County, California. Thank you for checking out State of My Art Podcast, where I chat with fellow creatives about their projects, message, and journey to give you inspiration, ideas, and entertainment. This week, it's episode 21. We are really doing it. I sit down and chat with my good friend, Scott Zikla in Poway, San Diego, California. He's grown up playing in several bands and he's played session guitar in a bunch of bands as well, including Weatherbox, Hotel Books, and my good friends Forever Came Calling. He also used to be the manager and head booker of San Diego's famous all-ages legendary venue, Epicenter. We get into all of that as well as his new two-piece shoegaze project, Midsleeper. So be on the lookout for new music from Midsleeper and be sure to follow them on Instagram at Midsleeper. My conversation with Scott Zikla took place in Poway, San Diego, California on January 3rd, 2021. All right, we're really doing it. Here we Here are. Scott Zikla. We're really doing it. Which means rock in Hungarian. In Hungarian. And that's me, Scott the Rock. Is that your background, Hungarian? Uh, my father's father is obviously Hungarian. Cool. So. That makes me a little bit Hungarian. I played in Budapest four years ago. Nice. Now. How'd you like it? I loved it. Yeah? It was a small show mm -hmm. because, you know, we didn't really know how to promote or anything. <laughs> um, but there were like five people who were so stoked on yeah. us and still, you know, comment on touch. my YouTube stuff. And That's cool, man. So Those... shout out to Hungary. Dude, Eastern European. It's a it's an underrated side of the, the country, you know? It really is. Food's great. People are nice and... It's slightly cheaper, so I would I would love to go back there one of these days. We but, had catering that show, yeah. and it was like... Do you have goulash? I think it was goulash. Yeah, hell yeah. So it's like a, a piece of bread, but uh, it's almost like a bowl. Yeah, it's but really it's like... It's like a pizza with no cheese. <laughs> sure, yeah. And soup. Yeah, it was very soupy. That was the word I was going to describe, but... Hungarian goulash, yeah. That's the way to go. Good, man. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Thanks for being on, man. Yeah, of course. We're really doing it. Where are we? Uh, old? We're in old Poway Park right now. So we're in San Diego, California, Poway, which uh, has a hometown band that everyone loves here. I think, yeah. you, I think you know it. I always get the Blink vibes in Poway. I used to, <laughs> uh, I used to see a girl down here. Oh, and cool. She lived in... Um, What's her name, Josie? No. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, what's that ranch? Uh, Scripps Ranch? Scripps, yeah. Okay, so so is is that, that in Poway or just outside? Yeah, it's like on the outskirts of Poway. It's it's considered like Scripps Poway Parkway. You're like around the, the cuff of it, but that's it's Poway in, in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time up there. I And I'd, I'd just geek out. We'd go see the Poway High School, and I'd be like, this is where it all started. Yeah, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, Tom's parents' house is like a couple blocks that way. Wild, so man. So we're, we're right in the, the, the heart of everything. So, but yeah, man, this is uh, my upbringing. This is where I grew up and born and raised. My parents' house is like two or three miles down this way. Uh, 
I lived off that street right there for a few years with Chris Dykus fishing with chips, fishing for oh, chips. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, we had yeah. a house right down there. He can almost kind of see it. Yeah, I love those dudes. Yeah, they're 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 a bunch of clowns. They're hilarious. <laughs> love those guys. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, this is my upbringing. I uh, lived here for 31 years, and I just recently moved to Philadelphia, so I'm back here for the holidays. Okay, seeing my family, doing, enjoying this beautiful weather before I hit back up the East Coast on Wednesday. Right on. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that too, because you recently joined Ready, Set, Survive. About a year ago, yeah. Okay. A year and a half ago. And so then, are you still going to be playing with them and just coming back here whenever? Yeah, so I've been here for three weeks, and uh, in my past three weeks of staying here, we've jammed a handful of times and did some acoustic stuff and just trying to get ready for a new record. And, you know, we're trying to utilize this downtime, and, you know, technology is so prevalent these days you can do anything anywhere yep. so yeah uh, i've been jamming with them for like a year it's been fun it's been a blast and it's it's like a big family you know it's they they i was talking to sean about this yesterday we were texting last night we were getting emo about everything you know about <laughs> just life and everything but it's like yeah i really appreciate how you guys like treat the band as like a brotherhood a family and yeah. then and then you do your music stuff so they really check in with each other and really care and really love each other which is really cool i haven't played in many bands like that in a while that is important. That is, and I see that in them for sure. Yeah, those goofballs, those lovable goofballs. But, yeah, uh, goofballs, but they like totally, you know, are down to earth and real and care about each other. Yeah, they all have hearts of gold. So shout out Troy, Sean, and Mo, Tiffany, Lauren, and Sam, the wives too. Yeah, Lyric, Fender, the whole family. You know, you, you know <laughs> Gibson, them all. Yeah, Gibson, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know the whole, the whole. I used to take that dog Fender for walks with my girlfriend every like second week because I was living illegally in El Cajon out of a rehearsal studio. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So, Long story, but yeah. it was like two minutes from Troy's place. Right, so. yeah, off Bradley Court up there. Yeah. I'm going there tomorrow. To, I'm borrowing one of his guitars, so I'm gonna, I'll see him tomorrow. I'm going nice. to drop it off. So I'll Say give him, hi to Fender uh, yeah. for me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a sweet, sweet dog. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So like I said, just here enjoying the beautiful weather. I've been going to the beaches a lot and nice. trying to write. Um, yeah, I have a new project I'm doing with a friend here from Poway. Um, it's, it's like an online kind of project thing. We haven't physically met up at all, which is cool, obviously for for practical reasons. But um, we're trying to do something different. It's a friend of mine from high school. Her name's Kendall Sally, and um, we're doing like a shoegazy kind of like dream pop airy. Okay. Do you guys have a name for it yet? Yeah, we just came up with a name today, actually. It's called Mid Sleeper. Nice. It's the first single is going to be called Dream Alone, and that's going to premiere soon, and blah, 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 all of that. So that's it's it's cool because it's, it's a style of music I've never really played before, and every pro, every like band I, I start, not excluding touring projects, but like bands that I play in, I try and do like different styles of music to kind of push my uh, musical ability. So this yeah. is really in left field, which is really cool. So uh, she just texted me a mix like right as we were setting up, so... So I'll listen to it afterwards. Sweet. Um, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Something different. Congrats on actually <laughs> deciding on a name, man. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I feel like, I don't know, like, I, I've, I've never had, like, sleeping issues or anything, but during COVID, during this whole year, it's been kind of just wacky. You know, everyone's mental health is, no, I shouldn't say everyone, but, you know, mental health is a big At thing this point, year. yeah, it hits everyone. Yeah, and, um, you know, sleep affects your you know your day it affects everything and you know some days have been better than others uh, especially with me relocating so suddenly to the east coast and adjusting new things and um you know sleep is a big 
key factor in how you live your life and it hasn't been the best lately and that's kind of why I've been thinking of been listening to like different styles of music and so that kind of correlates to that if that makes sense totally totally yeah so it's more what's yeah. the what's I already forgot the name because I'm <laughs> it's I'm <all> right. sleep deprived <laughs> <laughs> there you go join the club uh, mid sleeper mid sleeper yeah so nice. it's it's very like shoegazy and just dreamy dream pop and just it's something that, yeah. yeah kind of the cure influenced a little bit Sweet. but just you know just trying to do something away from punk rock or metal or hardcore which I love all those genres but just trying to do something new and totally. trying to push the boundaries be on the lookout for that yeah and you, you i'm sure a little bit of those influences that you grew up with will like tie into it and that's oh, how you yeah. get something unique and original right uh, yeah absolutely it's it's uh it's fun to be a melting pot and just putting all of your influence influences in a bucket and just pouring it out you know and you play guitar in that band yeah cool. yeah i did guitar bass and then my friend kendall doing vocals and synths and doing some program drums right now so it's just the two piece yeah it's just the two piece two two kids from Poway High that she's uh, the only girl the only person from my class that is still playing music and like we keep up with each other and like you're still playing music like yeah mm-hmm. you're still playing music like one of those kind of things like we should do something and here we are so yeah be cool man looking forward to that right on dude yeah well I guess I should let my viewers know the significance of <laughs> this rekindled relationship and how we kind of re-met the other day so we were recently on uh i want to party with bob podcast shout out to him yeah that was cool uh where i got zero questions (laughs) right on the trivia i'm dude when we got off of the podcast i was like i was like i'm allowed to cuss yeah, you can swear. Whatever. I was like, shoot, I, sh- I should have let I should have let him have the qu- question because it was it was a Cheshire Cat answer, and it was like as soon as as soon as it, he was like, "Band from Poway," it's like both of us like rose our hand, you know. It's like it's you know what's coming, like. But yeah, I'm sorry, I should have given there you. There was that no answer. way I was winning that, even if I got that one answer anyway. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so that's yeah. But yeah, you can of course you can cuss. We're in Poway, the the home of cussing. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I only met you actually. Uh, 2015 Sounds because about right. I was touring through mm-hmm. desperately trying to get into the epicenter because mm-hmm. that was like on my top 10 bucket list yeah. venues I needed to play <laughs> growing up as a huge boxcar racer fan and sure. that being like their small little like opening venue that yeah. they first played at oh yeah were you the promoter back then when they did that for that time frame no okay. no um, I started booking sh- well I guess my time I started there was probably shortly after that in the early 2000s. Okay. Just, um, you know, attending shows, just volunteering, you know, you know, you do, you know what you do, like when you're younger going so to shows. So it was very DIY then, like community, whoever wanted to help, what could help? Yeah, in the early days, yeah. Okay. When we had uh, a different set of management, it was for anyone in like my time that hung out there or worked there, it was, it was very loose, you know, like... There was always the same set of people coming in for free when they weren't supposed to and, you know, all that stuff. But so essentially I started uh, volunteering there, just hanging out, you know, before you can drive, before you can consume alcohol, you know, legally and all of that. You're just there having fun. Um, so I spent my time volunteering there and then I started performing there a lot with one of my early, early bands. And then I got a job as an, as an event staff. So doing all the bitch work, you know, cleaning up the green rooms, just clean up the parking lot, sure. selling water and then I worked my way up to like a booking assistant and then the manager left so I applied I got his job and then I got the venue manager job within a year so I was kind of overseeing the whole entire the whole entire building yeah so it was cool um met a lot of cool people and did all the bookings I did all of like the 
the teen activities. I had to, you know, formulate ideas to generate income. So I got like karate classes, art painting classes, uh, alcohol as a nominant, alcohol AA classes, you know, just shit like that. And um, they would have those at the epicenter. Yeah, like during the day. Okay. Yeah, like during the day, it was it was a a youth center, you know, but with you know exceptions here and there and. Basically, what I gained from that was I met a lot of cool people. I booked a lot of cool bands. Um, it got me into a lot of touring projects, which took me around the world, like you. Um, I got to make my living through playing music, through booking music, like all throughout the epicenter. And then that also led me to book at other venues around San Diego for bands that can sell over 500 tickets or bands that would do better in like a bar kind yeah. of setting, like Casbah. Sure. So. You know, I got to know a lot of people in the city and around, you know, a bunch of touring bands. Um, yeah, it was cool, man. We met there, and I remember I remember when you came in, you are a giant Canadian dude. You were the first one there. You know, that's that's amazing when a band's there on time. And, yeah, you were professional with your light show. Um, you were just on top of everything, so... I, yeah, I eventually made a T-shirt that was a silhouette of me and the Toronto skyline, and uh, it says yeah. the the really tall Canadian with way too much gear. <laughs> That's how people pretty That's much people remember know, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and being that it was a teen center, like it was, you know, there there were difficulties. Um, generating revenue you know we didn't we didn't sell alcohol we couldn't because we were across the street from police the high station. school police station in high school so there was always like um you know some kind of lack of income there so i apologize i couldn't pay you a little more oh on, no dude the that, there. that was uh but, i mean but but moreover it's like because i've been in your shoot i've been in i've been in that situation so i know how much it sucks to make X dollars over X dollars, you know. So. I was going to say, when you were talking about how uh, all these um, venue contacts and, and how you climbed your way to the top of that venue and yeah. um, how small the music scene uh, shrinks down to, mm-hmm. if, if you're a stand-up dude, which you are. And, um, Thank you. I mean, I got used to getting paid $1,500 everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't apologize. I, I figured out a strategy to make that work. Right, right. Um, and that was, you know, through having a solid merch game and having uh, a tight-knit um, almost friendship following. N- none of my fans are really like fans. They're more so like friends, friends. now at like, this point. Yeah, they put me up. They, um, yeah, they, they, make they me cook food. you. Yeah, yeah, they do your laundry, and so they that fifty bucks you make goes to gas instead of the hotel. Or so yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's cool, man. That's that's really remarkable to hear that because that's that's a good bond with your fans and your friends. But towards the tail end, I was there for almost ten years. I was there from two thousand. Five to 2015 right before okay. it shut down so towards the tail end um, I'll go into detail about everything I don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, so towards the tail end um, we got so the epicenter was owned by a non-profit organization called Harmonium and Harmonium didn't really know how to they didn't know how to look at a venue so that's why they had to hire people with experience like me and whatnot. they got a new set of management that imposed a bunch of different rules on us and affected my role and basically it was like you need to have bands sell more tickets you need to have the local bands you gotta draft up the contract that bullshit you know the pay to play I've seen it across the country it it fucking blows you know in high school it's cool you know because you can sling it to your friends in the middle of math class I miss those days. I miss doing that, but not when you're, you know, you're growing up. So anyways, I got hit, you know, hard from the management. Like, you got to do this. You got to do this. If a band doesn't give you this, tell them to do the ATM. We're, we did, Like, they just implemented an ATM inside the epicenter because of that. To pay to play. 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm imposing that, and everyone thinks that, like, oh, dude, that's all that Scott wants, or that's all the episode wants is money, money, money. It's like, yes, but no, it's going back into the building to keep this place open so you guys can come play. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and then, you know, Salma was obviously killing it all the time. House of Blues side stage had better, um, the side stage at House of Blues was doing a lot, like the similar kind of shows because their overhead was cheaper. Irenic was opening in uh, North Park, which is another all-ages club. Um, and House of Blues could sell drinks, and now Salma yeah. sells drinks too that's true yeah on the, the main stage shows so there was just a lot of factors going in and you know they just wanted to increase everything just as you know with supply and demand goes yeah. that fell on me if I wasn't hitting the numbers it's like I got my ass handed to and basically long story short you know I sat in all the monthly uh, revenue meetings and all that and like this is not going well so I was I was the first one to kind of know like hey you know, this isn't going well by this time next month, you can be unemployed. And with some other, there was some other shit going on behind the scenes too with management that was just shady and seedy. And, and I, I was about to leave for a month long tour and I just, yeah, I, I put in my two weeks cause I didn't see it like, you know, getting better. And it was, it was hard, man. And they increased like our rental rate too. So when outside promoters would rent out the building, it just skyrocketed. It's like what promoters would pay at house of blues would be like the equivalent to epicenter. It's like, why would you want to rent out a shit teen, shit teen center when I can go to house of blues? But anyways, um, the positive takeaway is, yeah, I met a whole bunch of people, um, joined a bunch of bands, uh, a few of the bands that I joined those I got to go travel around the world and make a living doing it all from Epicenter and met cool fucking people like you and here oh, we thanks, are thanks man <laughs> yeah well, so yeah I mean it's a it's probably one of the toughest businesses to run an all ages venue especially in a big city yeah exactly yeah man because you're competing with these other places that have a liquor license and the ability to be all ages which usually comes down to food which is strange yeah but um, that place, it's it was like the defining all ages venue for, I mean the MySpace days to yeah. kind of when um, like the whole pop punk explosion kind of came back. Yeah, you know? or just like even DIY live music in general kind of uh, mm-hmm. nose nose dove with a lot of those venues who had to implement pay to play. Yeah, which is sad. And even like myself, I kind of became. Uh, I'd hate to say it, but in some places I became a little bit of a pay-to-play promoter, a traveling pay-to-play promoter. Right. I never got any flack from it because I was always really fair with the bands, and the bands were just stoked to be making money, and no one ever, no, no one ever had to pay out of pocket. That's when I think the line is crossed, even though it has to happen. Yeah. Um, at you know places like um, uh, what's that place in Anaheim? Uh, Chain. Chain. Yeah. Which I mean, I I finally said you know fuck it, I'll I'll pay five hundred bucks to play just there. Play and try and sell you know thirty yeah. tickets if I can. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up being one of the biggest and most exciting. That's sweet, you man. know, Thirty minutes of my life. Yeah, and Chain's as legendary as Epicenter or Soma. You mm-hmm. know, Chain. I think Chain is way more legendary than than these clubs down here. But uh, yeah, man, it's it sucks, but it's uh, it just sucks that because I've been there, you know, in like the early stages of my band. I know how much it sucks, like sell tickets mm-hmm. and like. And I, you know, I felt like the bad guy doing it, but it's like I look like the like I look like the the money driven villain but it's like it's really it's full circle man you're putting money into the venue to stay open so your band can perform so more larger bands could play so you can open for them so you can gain a fan base but you know when you're trying to explain that to like an 18 year old it's like he just wants money so exactly. but it's it's a uh, 
you know, you see it full circle. And if, I'm like, sure you do. Like any business, as technology progresses, things get more challenging. And that's the way I kind of look at it now from an online presence and streaming platforms, you know, barely paying bands anything to live venues where you're lucky to get a dollar per head you bring. Yeah. Um, barely paying you anything. You have to have some sort of vision and plan um, amongst all the chaos and saturation of all the other bands trying to do this same yeah. heroic goal that is is really, really hard to accomplish, especially in the all-ages scene. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, you really need to, like, kind of capitalize on your merch game. And yeah, even even the bands on big labels now it's all coming out of the gate, are, they're, they're more merch. Like, we talked about Grayscale on the podcast before. Yeah. Those guys are... Um, Those guys are from Philly. A tra- yeah, a traveling merch a store. show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. They, I can't imagine what their books look like as far as how much they make off of their their merch. And they it probably looks more like... Um, an H an H and M spreadsheet than you know a, a, <laughs> yeah. a touring band. But yeah, man, you, it you, works. It works, and you got to get creative. And yeah. you know, like there's so many bands figuring out new ways now to generate income, especially during COVID, which is actually pretty damn remarkable. You know, mm-hmm. but it's always good to have that one just one guy or girl in your band that just has the marketing sensibility that can think outside of the box to make a few bucks. Yeah. I, that's, and that's, I, I can't do that. <laughs> that's, what, that's another big uh, solution to the ongoing um, m- m- challenging ladder of being in a band is you need to sort of spread it out amongst the band to have different, yeah. different jobs, which all the bands that make it have that. And there's no, you know, yeah. there's no member in the band who just gets to play music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, yeah, like with mid sleeper I was texting Kendall last night I'm like god damn it I have to make like an Instagram now and a Facebook and a C so like can you do this like I, <laughs> this is not my thing but yeah. it, it's exciting doing like the ground up thing again for certain aspects you know but right. there are things I don't miss about it cause I've always had like a management or like a PR team that just handles all the bitch work and I was like, oh man, I have to do this now. But it's exciting in its own kind of way, you know, to watch your baby grow. Right, I get that. Like it's exciting in the beginning stages especially, even though in the beginning stages it's the most work, but then (laughs) it becomes like, man, what, what, what am I supposed to post today? Like, yeah. I, I don't want to, it's easy to start, uh, getting doubts about annoying your fans or, yeah. you know, start doubting yourself and the, the ongoing, you know, challenge of doubt from others and yourself yeah, is sure. so hard these days with social media, which yeah. we've talked a lot about a lot before too. And I keep, um, I'm sure it's getting to the point where it's annoying now, but I, I talk a lot about this video game idea of <laughs> being like this DIY touring artist and a lot of the experiences I've had kind of bringing it into a video game. That's almost fucking like sick. Tony Hawk made a video yeah, game out of yeah, his experiences. Yeah. Wow. Um, and you That's know, a grand idea. You, like, <laughs> you should edit that out. So like, don't keep that in here just in case yeah, someone wants to, Someone, someone's gonna be like, "That's a good idea," and I can do it. Uh, which I, yeah. I, I would, I would rather it happen than not. I don't think I can do it. I'm surprised, like, like Foo Fighters hasn't done that. Right, like, like, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, like they're gonna be the first band to play in outer space. They're gonna be the first band to, hopefully, not do the video game idea, but they're they're kind of 
always ahead of the game and some some curve like that, you know? It would be so much damn work, but uh, <laughs> the idea of the game would be that, like, 2% of the game you're, you know, playing Guitar Hero, uh, you yeah, know, hitting the colors, and the other 98% of the game, you're, like, driving 20 minutes to the venue, dodging trucks, <laughs> uh, you're parking the trailer, yeah. you gotta, you know, get you it right. And loading down the stairs. Your and... menu is your phone, and you have to handle social media, and if you don't post on social media, <laughs> and then you also have, like, your health level is, like, your happiness level, like, you don't want to get too depressed but yes. you don't want to get too hyped because then bad things will happen <laughs> you drink like coffee get like coffee shots on the way to boost your way up yeah and you need coffee essential stay awake also. at the wheel yeah totally <laughs> that's genius man it'd be you a fun to, game you need to patent that quickly <laughs> seriously that i would play that for fun <laughs> I, I had a um a game designer for lack of better words he's a, like software developer for a lot of companies on the podcast like two episodes ago yeah. david Hagler. yeah and, uh, he showed me this like world he's making online uh so it could be like an online phone game too but yeah that'd be fun yeah i'd play the shit out of that <laughs> a lot of people in. a lot of people would be like this is stupid this is not what i thought being in a band is like i quit <laughs> yeah yeah well it looks as many like, people do in real life right <laughs> it looks all glorious you know you've seen that meme it looks all glorious and a party on the road but it's it's a lot of work man it's hard it's tiring but it's rewarding at the end of the day yeah there's so many good band memes right now yeah the band in the green room what you think happens in the green room and it's like all these chicks and yeah then, and it's what really actually just, happens in the green everyone's room everyone's just on their phone yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's never ending man what are some of your favorite cities in the states you've played definitely San Diego that's why yeah. that's why that's I why finally moved here yeah that boy that boy um Orange County too is always really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Portland, oddly oh, enough, I didn't respect or? Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Portland's to be right, one of my favorites. It's like a bigger North Park. That's the way I describe it. Like how I see it. Yeah, yeah. I and love like, Portland. Yeah, yeah, it is like North Park, and it's like uh, the DIY music um, mm-hmm. method and attitude is so accepted there. Yeah, I, I didn't really realize it until like my third time through, where I was like. I'm always coming out of this place with 500 bucks. Like, how is yeah. how is my system working so well here, yeah. so much better here than everywhere else? Right. And it's just the kids get it, the venues get it, they'll mm-hmm. cut you deals. Like, they want the bands to grow uh, just as much as they want their venue to grow. And right. that's, that's important. That's why that city has so many venues and it's been so successful I, I hope they're doing well through all this COVID sure, yeah. you know I hope their uh, live music is still as um, profitable and exciting yeah and, uh, I hope so too man after all this I'm, I'm sure it will be so many good bands have come out of there too yeah do you ever play uh, I think it was Hawthorne Theater it's like the I've double been there. story I've, a, I've never cool played venue. there it's amazing it's yeah. a sick venue my yeah. friend Annie worked there for a while and a few of her friends worked there cool because uh, she moved there from New York because she was just like Portland's awesome and I was like, I finally see what all the hype's about. Yeah, it's, it's a growing city for sure. And a lot of artsy people. It's like uh, my friend Kendall, who I'm doing this project with, her and her husband moved up to Portland for that reason. Yeah. They left San Diego to go up there. And it's we, talk, we had the same conversation. It's like a melting pot of just a bunch of artists, whether Creators it's music, kind, whether yeah. it's art. Everyone just, they, they mesh well there. And yeah, I, I, would, I would potentially like to end up there one of these days. But yeah. I'm on the opposite side of the coast now, so I can't. But <laughs> Philly's nice too. I was going to say Philly's one yeah. of my yeah. Philly's my really? favorite East Coast city no shit, for really. sure. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's all right. Um, um, the Barbary, I played there a lot. That place just shut down. Uh, yeah. I'm not surprised. And man. then um, so many of those shut down. Voltage Lounge, it's another club, and Boots and Saddle. So like three clubs shut down like wow. right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, sad. But uh, yeah, it's a cool town. I've played some kick-ass shows there like in the past, but I've never had time to 
see the city every time we go, we play there because we always just jet up to New York or jet down to DC whenever we play. Um, but now I've like I've been there five or six times before physically moving there, so so it was kind of weird to kind of like wow I've been here so many times I played so many kick-ass shows but never really seen the city. So it's weird and cool, but. Um, I'm, on, I'm an East Coaster now. What can I say? It's weird. What made you move there? My wife got a good job out there. Okay. So we we relocated out there in October, and um, yeah, flying back there on Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's it's, it's cold. It's very yeah, cold. It's cold in the winter. <laughs> I've actually I don't think I've ever even been there in the winter. I'm always oh, yeah. there in the summer, luckily. Okay. I mean it's. It's cold and you're in Canada, so it's yeah. yeah, you know, you get the general I mean for, for me, coming from this to that, that's that's a big change, man. Well for the <laughs> weather first, change. The first time yeah. in a while I had to, you know, shovel my parents' driveway because I was stuck in Canada yeah. in November. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Man, I you know, there's a little part of me that was like Oh, this is packing snow. Let's make a snowman. This, you know, a little kid in me came out. But, yeah. you know, after half an hour, I'm like, this I sucks. could have edited the podcast I'm working on right now. You know, there's yeah. so many other things to do. Right, snow. right. I don't mind the snow. I love snowboarding, but um, I want it as like a vacation, which San Diego's perfect. I can drive two hours to Big Bear and yeah. go snowboarding. Yeah, and then you can drive two hours down the beach and then two hours of the mountains. Like, me and my parents, me and my dad used to do that when we were younger because I grew up skiing and snowboarding and surfing. Nice. We'd wake up early and go up to Big Bear, go do like a half day and then shoot down the beach two hours later and go surfing. Did it all in one day just to say like you've done it. You yeah. know, it's, it's so, it's so Southern California, like, dude, cowabunga, bro, yeah. you know, but like, <laughs> fuck it, I did it and it's, it's pretty cool, you know, not many people in the world can do that geographically can do that you know you still skate uh dude no i used to skate a lot like there's a there is a skate park like right over there yeah. spent a lot of my youth at but uh now once i started playing guitar when i was younger i kind of stopped but i, re- I really want to get back into it one of these days but uh i love tony hawk pro skater um my brother broke both of his arms like skating when we were younger i was just about uh, to say yeah the injury is uh, as soon as i had like a a scary injury Uh, i i no longer had the send it confidence (laughs) i was like ah right right um i guess you know growing up in southern california i mean you, you can attest to that now like the whole skateboarding surfing punk rock and this guy has a Powie high shirt on yeah, rock on um yeah the whole like skateboarding you know surfing punk rock snowboard is just it worked so well together in southern california especially in this town Poway. besides blank uh, unwritten laws from this town too yeah. and there were a lot of other like semi semi notable punk bands agent 51 and pivot um agent was on billy joe armstrong's label for a minute so they were touring with green day like okay. a band from Poway. um but just that community, you know, like, so I was raising that. My brother was, which, you know, transcended onto me. So it's just all that, that, uh, 90s, like, skate punk, fat records, epitaph stuff. It's like, it's like just in the air here. Like, totally. So, and that's, I'm, I'm damn happy and proud to be, like, part of that upbringing, you know? Like, sure. the class above me, I'm 32 now, but, like, the guys, you know, older than me, like, some of my brother's friends, their older friends, like, they had classes with Tom and they knew Tom's someone dated Tom's sister and met Tom you know and it's like the dude is such a class clown like he doesn't put on an act you know he's not putting on an act when he's doing that that's that's how he is man but um but what I'm getting at is like that culture is just so like extreme here and I think it's still going on with like the new generation I don't know 
you know, I don't really. Yeah, in, in a I, I different saw it way. at Epicenter. I saw it still like prevalent in the younger crowd, but it's it's cool. I got to see like the ta- like for my my younger side of it. I got to see like the tail end of all that stuff, which is really cool. So, totally. It's like Unwritten Law. I used to play at church, like right up the street here, right off Midland, for like five bucks back in the day. My mom. Nice. Yeah, my. Oh, is that your timer? My mom would drive us there back in the day. But yeah, man, this town has a lot of history and just a lot of famous people came out of it and and uh, yeah, it's my favorite favorite place in the world I won't lie <laughs> yeah dude same and I was gonna say it's interesting that like uh, for, for from all the people I've met who grew up here they really embrace their hometown culture which yeah. um, I can't say the same for you know all the Midwest cities that I played which sure. I've, I've loved you know playing Indiana and mm-hmm. the Bible Belts great small towns you know oh, I love yeah. those those gigs those sea market kind of the sea market cities where just everyone comes out on a Monday night mm-hmm. yeah but in the scene and sound that I'm in you know uh, nobody in Charleston West Virginia is like yeah <laughs> coal mining yeah you yeah, know yeah. they're also you know wanting to be in this skate extreme skate snow surf yeah environment um so, for myself, I grew up in the capital of hockey. Right. And uh, I grew up playing hockey, and I thought okay. hockey was the biggest sport. I thought, this is what I want to do. This is where I, where I have the most fun. This is where I belong. Yeah. And then all the turmoil started of, like, you know, politics with parents. And mm. if you're in that scene, uh, you have a lot of pressure to perform, and uh, you don't really get to be a kid, which... Interesting. I, I never really realized until later. I thought I was being a kid. I thought I was having fun. But I finally, you know, discovered Blink when I was 11 or 12. And I was yeah. like, this seems so much cooler. Like, mm-hmm. I want to play guitar. I yeah. already know piano. And, like, I want to be a part of that whole warp Tour scene. Mm-hmm. That Tony Hawk pro skater vibe. Yeah. Like, so that, uh, did, did it look, it's media that drew me in. Yeah. <laughs> did, um, did it look like... Like what I like what you said, you saw that whole like warp tour of Southern California life. Did it seem like this wasn't my question, like my wife is from Spain, so like when when she saw all that at a younger age, she's like, Ah, oh, that's so like stereotypical Californian and it's like surf like did you view that from Canada? Like wow, uh, like the, I, the perfect sunny, like surfing Blink one eighty two burrito day. It must be the life. Like is that what you exactly. viewed? Exactly. I looked at it as man, that what what are we all doing? Wasting our lives <laughs> not living there. Okay. And a yeah. lot of my friends agree. It's like, yeah, dude, you're you're doing it right. Just yeah. go out there and make it happen. No shit. Okay. So I'm. No, like, it's a cool take on it. Yeah, like, I, I'm. I'm more glad each day that I do it, and I got so many opportunities in 2019 when I finally like made the jump to come here. Yeah, good for um, you. Where I was eventually working at like this. Um, merchandise shipping warehouse for Warner Music and That's Live it. Nation in cool. Carlsbad and sharing a rehearsal room with Tom DeLong. Like their Damn. gear was right there. With Ava or Yeah. Damn. That's Elon sick. Rubin's drums. Yeah. He yeah. were on my drum carpet yeah. and I was just like That's fucking cool. They would practice there. I helped him like yeah. uh change this like um nice. snare on the downbeat part before the bridge. And nice. I was just and, and and like got to see them live implement that change that he wasn't hearing because 
because he didn't record those songs anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was like all that stuff was just like this huge inspiring epiphany yeah. for me of like imagine when you're 12 years old like you didn't think you're going to be in right. the same room. Part of me is like why didn't I do this when I was 16 but part of me is also like had I gotten these opportunities when I was yeah. 18, 19 uh, I probably w- wouldn't have known what to do about them. And right. I, I still feel like I'm, you know, learning each day on sure. how I should have handled things or how I could, you oh, know, yeah. g- get the, get to the next chapter of my life in a better, yeah. more organic way. That's life, though. Yeah. I mean, at least for me, like you're always every every day is a new day, and there's you're always figuring out new things. At least that's how it was for me. But and you live and you learn, and there's no regrets. You know, you can only look forward. And damn, we're getting deep now. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no regrets, please. <laughs> yeah. So who's taller, you or Tom? Oh, me. That's the first thing he said. He's like, oh, it's nice to see other tall musicians. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I was like, yeah, dude, you have no idea. Like, I know all about your back problems. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a fucking giant, man. Yeah, he's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Incredible. Yeah. I, I met him, I ran into him at a sushi lounge right down here off Poway Road years ago. Um, me and my buddy were sitting at a bar, like, during happy hour, just after work. And he walks in with his wife and sits down right fucking next to me at the sushi bar. And he kind of, like, he, he kind of knew we knew you know he yeah. kinda, he like gives the wink like oh fuck and like <laughs> and you know just like he, he was cool he was cool enough you know like we took a photo with him and nice. I had to like interrupt him a few times with his wife but uh, I, nice. gave him, <laughs> I gave him my whole CD I'm like yeah, I'm from Poway that's all I'm gonna say he's like oh did you get kicked out like I did and like no <laughs> kinda almost but yeah he, he was fucking cool but like we're eating sushi side by side right next to each other and like he was getting pretty lit offline we were mm-hmm. taking our our sake bombs so we kind of like cheered like hey cheers bro but like I didn't want to bother him too much you know but like I heard their whole fucking conversation and like crazy yeah it was it was pretty funny <laughs> but, it's uh it's always like a should have would have could have after you meet someone that you know everything about yeah you know and they, yeah. they know you know a lot but it's like oh dude you, if only you knew how much you affected my life yeah and, I mean, at that point, it's got to be like, you know, that level where it's like you can't even like go out to have a drink or have like mm-hmm. a meal with your girl. It's like mm-hmm. people coming up. It's got to be fucking cool, but like also kind of like taxing at the same time. Depending on I'm your not, personality. Depending on the personality. Yeah. I've never been there. You know, I'm not. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I always <laughs> like, say if 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 I get to the point where people are coming up to me and um, talking my ear off about the art I've created, and I will change your so, life. I, I, I will be so accepting and kind of used to that because I yeah. get people coming up to me all the time strangers talking to me about my height which I did nothing to earn and I'm like I'm not excited about my height at all and I'm tired of talking about it most days yeah but I you know I get it but if if uh, those conversations could become about what uh, I've made and what I've my successes yeah how you've uh, infect how you affected their life in a good way yeah I don't think I'd I'd ever be tired of being stopped uh, of course not yeah like bring it on bitch yeah I I would love to tell you all the things that you don't know let's go (laughs) yeah the ugly side to all of this this path we've we followed sure no. yeah like, even like the behind the scenes stuff like I'm a huge documentary uh, nerd I've seen probably more documentaries yeah, than me too than movies because I just love band documentaries especially me too dude I love the lore man oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna watch that with uh I haven't oh, watched no, it I yet. just meant like band lore like, oh, oh I thought you meant something else but okay I didn't know there was a movie yeah. called the lore but lord something that's out right now Um, you know what sick documentary I just watched the other night BC Boys they have a fucking oh, awesome it's on Apple TV if you have it 
um, it's like them two just uh, going through each chapter of the band. Cool. They're in like a theater setting with you know slideshow and different video clips, and they fucking roughed it, man. And they've you know they're around in the '80s and '90s, yeah. early uh, late '70s too. So and they have so many damn singles, and I'm, I'm slowly getting back on the Beastie Boys again. Sweet, different than Blink, obviously, but no, uh, for sure. But yeah, mean, check it out. It's on Apple TV. It's just called Story of the Beastie Boys. Story of the Beastie Boys. I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Um, one I recommend to people and they're always like I didn't expect that from you the Lil Wayne documentary is it good it, <laughs> I, so, keep, I keep seeing the thumbnail well I'm, I don't know if it's the same one but it's the one from when um, the Carter 3 was just being released okay so they follow him in those uh, dark days of his you know syrup yeah. abuse and uh, but it's so inspiring how hard the dude works and how he's all about himself, but you see the that it's creating this um, machine of an artist. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's literally just a work ethic through the whole thing. Every yeah. like hotel room he goes into, he's setting up his mic, and and he made a thousand songs that year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta check that out. Okay. And it's hilarious too. Some yeah. of the shit he says, of course. He's, he's a witty motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty fucking witty. Uh, did you watch a hired gun? Did you watch that documentary? It's basically the life of a hired musician. Oh no, I heard about it. It's though. fucking sick. It's on Prime. Uh, it was on Netflix, but it's on Amazon Prime now. It's basically the the life I essentially lived like in my late or I'm not like like early like mid 20s like just being hired for all these bands and okay. it's very relatable because it's like you can get the call one day like a hey, band's done or like hey so and so is going into rehab band's for on sure. hold right now um, I mean these are like top dog you know LA session guys that are playing with like Alice Cooper and Katy Perry and shit like that I never made it to that level obviously but it's uh, a lot of the stories they say are very relatable to like what I did from bands I met with Epicenter. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. Hired is it gun, like a check two it out. hour movie or a series? Uh, no, it's just like an hour and a half okay. documentary, but Hired Gun, check it out. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was a series. Like a series, yeah. No, it's a, uh, yeah, cool. just a straight documentary. It's fucking sick. It's, it's very relatable because, I mean, for, for me it was very relatable and then just kind of being like the session hired guy, you know? For sure, I'll check that out. Yeah. So what were some of the big bands you were touring with? Um... So I toured a lot with, I'm trying to think, like um, I toured with a band from here for a couple years called Weatherbox. Oh, yeah, uh, Brian... Uh, Warren. Warren, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, James Clellan, and I used yeah. to hang out with James Clellan, yeah, and we always was... hang out with Brian. No shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. James was... Suck that guy's dick if he could. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so I toured with them for a couple of years. Um they, they still do really did really well in my term like during the tail end of the band uh, we toured with a lot of like top shelf records and triple crown records bands then after that I played with a band called Hotel Books um, them. they're like in vogue records but yeah okay. I did, did tours with like I Prevail and Hawthorne Heights like Warp Tour kind of stuff we did sure. Warp Tour and then I did a world tour with them in 2017 wow. yeah I was sick we did like Europe Russia China, Did you Japan. you play on any of their albums? I'm not, that's the thing, I'm not on, I'm not on the recordings. Okay. Like, they have, he has, like, a session guy that, or had a session guy that doesn't want to tour. Okay. And, like, I was, I was fine with recording, but I was, I just wanted to tour, essentially. Sure. And I had booked him at Epicenter. I booked him his very first show and just kind of became friends. Um, he's from, like, Central California, but I helped him out with some shows down here and just kind of stayed in touch. I knew his booking agent, 
through another band I was working with, and he's like, hey, they need a guitar player next week. Can you learn a song? You know, it was like one of those calls. It's like, yeah, I remember Cam. Of course I'll do it. But, and the thing that I wanted to stay with them is because they had that world tour posted. So that was really cool. Uh, after that, I played with was the other band uh, another like Warped Tour band on Pure Noise Records called Forever Came Calling oh yeah I've played with those guys a bunch that shit yeah. in Canada or, or? Uh, no uh, like Oklahoma City just uh, randomly yeah. crossing paths cross yeah, yeah. even Weatherbox uh, I was gonna ask if you were on if you ever played uh, Grand Rapids with them I, we might have crossed paths yeah. there Intersection is that the venue um <laughs> It was Maybe. a smaller venue that I yeah. played. Uh, we so we played like the early show, and they played like the, the later, later show. Yeah. But okay. we hung out and we're still yeah, there. Yeah. So I might have seen you. I don't know. That's <laughs> wow. That's random. This man. is like 2010. Okay. Um, yeah, I started playing in 20 like 14 or 15. Okay. But. I'm, I'm sure maybe somewhere we've been in this, another same venue together besides the epicenter. Probably. Um, but yeah, with Forever Came Calling, I did I did Europe with them once, and then just a couple um, couple U.S. tours. I did an acoustic tour for the first time a couple years ago. Nice. That was pretty fun. Um, they were done like a full-blown acoustic run. No, just a lot of acoustic shows yeah, in the middle of tours. Just in yeah. the middle, yeah. It's fun, man. It's uh, just loading in two guitars and merch, yeah. and playing small, intimate rooms, and it's you know less money involved, but it's it's a different feel. It's yeah. less stressful and it was cool I learned a lot from uh, all, th- all three of those bands because all three of them were just so musically different obviously I had to learn different styles of music different people different crowds like different booking agents different you know management kind of feels and I was kind of like thrown in the middle of all these guys so it, it really helped me a lot actually you uh, just play guitar in those bands or you sing backups I do I did some backup vocals but like nice. all the bands like all those those pro- professional touring bands like like they had the vocal arrangements already to go they just needed a guitar player yeah sometimes you were just guitar yeah and it yeah essentially guitar yeah um yeah, so, then, uh, you know how Forever Came Calling was the... Have you ever seen the documentary? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the so, that tour. was 2000... Like, early... Nine like, Warp Tour? Something like that. Or 2010. Nine or 10, yeah. So, so a lot of that was staged on, like, the documentary. Yeah, like, the, a lot so of the, the guy like, who made that documentary, I, I did that whole tour in the parking lot. Yeah. And they were selling CDs in the parking lot. Nice and shit. me and my drummer were playing... Just, like, build up the stage. generator yeah. in Sorry, the parking generator. lot. Yeah, so when they were picking the parking lot, you know, leeches as the, <laughs> as as one of the five um, stories of the movie. Yeah. They talked to us. They were talking to my drummer mostly, and they were like, would it be cool if we rode in your guys' van with you and yeah. came around? And he was like, you'd have to talk to Mike, but that should be cool. Um, but at the time, we had, like, this, bunch of gear. one of the merch teams riding with us uh, okay. because they didn't like the bus they were on. <laughs> Which I was like, I didn't, I didn't know, invite like the these dudes, but <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll take a hoodie. You can get in the van. Yeah. Um, and so they pawned it off to FCC. Maybe that was one of the reasons. Maybe there was another yeah. reason. But anyways, they ended up going with them because it just probably seemed like a better story, a more authentic story. And really, um, you, you know, think small yours town in California. Yeah, you think yours would have been cool though, like two two guys like hustling Who and knows? doing the big production. You like, know, there's probably a few bands in the loop of possible of possible bands that would yeah. get it. Maybe it was you know for whatever reason. Maybe it was like, well, no, we don't want to expose a band that sets up with a generator. Or next year, everybody's going to be setting up with a generator. <laughs> that's an that's an approach to look at it. But wow, small world. But that's they did a- the movie release in Toronto. Kevin Lyman was there I oh, think cool. it was like Canadian Music Week they did it so nice. I went out and like got to see everyone again and uh, yeah. and watch 
watched it and I was just like, oh man, I wish they picked us. <laughs> that, that blew them up. That, 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 that got them their start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, small world, man. I mean, they never got to become the next like story so far or neck deep like in that ball game, but like they hustled. You know, they Joe's a great lyricist and really yeah. underrated songs, but yeah, yeah, that's small fucking world. Then. And they you did were, like Japan and everything too, yeah, right? Yeah, we, and when I was with them, we had that? we had Japan and Australia booked. Everything was set. We were gonna release it, but something messed up with our flights. Some deposits oh, really? didn't go through. Yeah, I was fucking pissed because always wanted to do Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Have you been down there? No. Oh man, I've heard. I heard it's a lot like or I heard Sydney's a lot like San Diego yep. and just the surf skate punk rock culture is existent never dies so that's that's my blood you know that's yeah. where I want to be but you did uh, tour in their handicap bus <laughs> no they, they didn't have that when in my terms they had to okay. get rid of that but uh, just Carnaline van but I did do Japan with hotel books for a week and that was wild that was fun that's nice. cool yeah so you got to go there that's awesome yeah it's it's wild man it's uh people don't like applaud after oh really after it's like just completely you know silent out of it. like you know their culture it's, it's all yep, respect yep. so it's like do I suck do I you know everyone's like just <laughs> googly eyed at you and like no one speaks English out there we hired like a translator to translate to order us food and everything yeah. but he barely speak English so we had to like use our Google apps like translator to like get around it was it was funny was, was he a driver it, too or did you have a driver we had a driver photographer and like a, a translator and like they spoke like broken English but it's like you know, going to Eastern Europe or where anywhere like where people don't speak well English, but it's a lot like speaking with your hands and like trying to mouth things out, you know. But like that's how we were. That's how like we came back to the states talking. Like I don't, I don't know, you know. Like like why am I doing this? But it's like it's just it's funny seeing that. And then uh, yeah, it's it's just it's cool visiting different places and seeing yeah. different mannerisms. Like in Russia, like this means yes and this means no. Oh really? So, yeah. So it, in certain parts of like Russia, but like. In St. Peter's, yeah, St. Petersburg is like that. It was a little third worldly, but just weird things like that, you know, that you don't think that you don't think about those things, but like, we're like that's actually kind of cool seeing different, different sides and different personalities and just different cultures. You know, you've yeah. been there, you know what no, it's like. I'm glad you shared that. I that's that's some of sometimes uh, all the inspiration it takes for the kid watching this to be like, you know what, I'm gonna pick up my yeah. guitar and finish that song. Yeah, it's no, like that's that's thanks, man. one of the most inspiring things for me is. Um, I mean, my parents had gone to Europe, my family, my brother went and, and they were like, do you want to go? Like, we're, we're, we're going on vacation. And I was like, I don't want to be a tourist in, <laughs> when I go to Europe. Like, I want to get Experience there it. through music. Yeah, and no, then, absolutely. And sure enough, the next year, an opportunity, an opportunity came along and I was like, fuck I, yeah, I'm seizing it. My family didn't experience this, you know? <laughs> you get to see the real culture of, it, like, the bars and everything. Yeah, and, and actually, like, commuting through each country and just right. seeing, like, the castles and just seeing it's pictures don't do justice you know you yeah. know what it's like um and i guess moreover like going going back to me like my thing is whatever it, like all these interviews i always do it's like you know if, if you're like younger and wanting to pursue this lifestyle this path it's like get it you know after covid is done get a job at a venue and just work hard be the bitch work your way up yeah. Cause that's what I did, and you know I didn't, I didn't get to play guitar for Foo Fighters or Blink, but like I got to play with some semi-notable bands and make a living and go overseas. And it's wild how small the industry yeah, is once network. you get into it. I mean, even the podcast that I just released today, <clears throat> I went and moved into a new rehearsal room in Orange County. You're roughing it, man. That's This is rock star shit. Like, I mean, this behind-the-scenes rock star shit that's yeah, kind of like, you're, you're going to be talking about this in your movie on Netflix in 10 years, you know? Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I mean, every, there's I got a million 
million stories of of roughing it, especially on that Europe trip. Yeah. Um, but just the irony of how small the scene is. Like I, I had my friends, the Zawacki brothers that played drums and bass for me, mm-hmm. uh, on 2013 warp tour, had them on the podcast over zoom yesterday. I'm editing it last minute, staying up till three. Luckily, you know, missing my train again. I got to apologize on camera for missing yesterday. <laughs> it's all this good. was supposed to happen yesterday. <laughs> it's all good. Anyways, they let me in that rehearsal room a day early yeah. so that I can edit this podcast. And one of the guys sharing the room, uh, when I go to like look up their Instagram handle, um, Jacob DeGraff no, is following uh, the Zawacki's brothers' band. So I'm like, no way! Like, how do you know? How do you know them? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I used to be in a band with them back in the day, and now I'm sharing a rehearsal room, editing the podcast for, for these him, guys. Yeah. And that's the only way I found out. How um, many other, you know, second degree? That's wild, man. Do I actually know that I just, you know, wouldn't find out if it wasn't for, you know, just working through the mud. And and also to your point of like, just work at a venue and grind it out. There's so many musicians I know that have done that. Mm-hmm. And uh, even moving out here, one of the first jobs that I got, because, you know, I, I don't even have a, a proper work permit to like work a nine to five job. Right, right. Was working at a, at a venues doing sound and just, yeah. you know, getting a hundred bucks a night. Right, right. And it's something that I know how to do. Right. But that's a skill, though. You know, it's not like people think it's an overlooked thing, but it's it's fucking useful. It's handy in life. Well, Four hours goes by quick when you're watching bands. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind doing it. Yeah. But yeah, man, you've, you know, everyone know, everyone has known you've always been a hustler and hard, you're a hard fucking worker. So you deserve it more than anyone, you know? Oh. So you, Thanks, you, got, you got a good thing going and this podcast kicks ass. Your music's great and you have a good personality and a good outlook towards everything. So I appreciate yeah. you seeing it, man. And, uh, yeah. and everybody down here who's been helping me out. It's like, it's, it's um it's really motivating for me. Everyone I meet down here is like super supportive and willing to check out my music and obviously it's right up their alley because they grew up around that yeah. style of music. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. uh things have been going really well for me finally and um if if I can, you know, relay any lesson or message to people to finally have some sort of set success and break out of any sort of curse that they're feeling is like just leap and and be a yes man this is finally what i've you know started to do in my 30s yeah yeah well said yeah (laughs) right there (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're getting deep here yeah man i think we covered a lot of bases we're almost at an hour we're losing a lot of sunlight here i'm glad we did this outside yeah this is is, beautiful now i feel like we like we're uh our our brains were churning even more in this environment (laughs) it's it's peaceful man feeding off the nature yeah is there anything else you want to get out right now i mean like this is getting pretty deep like (laughs) i don't know like like i always tell everyone i wish we had three hours but we can do a part two yeah Um, um, yeah, whatever you I, want. I hope things go really well for you in Philly. Thank you, man. I appreciate and, that. Uh, and you got a place to stay whenever you're touring out there down the road. Sweet. And we have an extra room and a shower. We can afford that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dope. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I hope things get back to normal soon and venues are back and live music's back. And yeah, I miss it. You know, it's been a funky, funky year. But yeah. 2021. Here we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive that things will uh, come back stronger than ever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, Whenever you're back down here, hit me up. I'm sure uh, you'll be doing stuff with Ready, Set, Survive, too, and I'm always checking them out. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Right on, man. Cheers, brother. Well, that does it. Thanks a lot. Rock and roll. Scott Zekla, everyone. His name means rock. Uh, Thank you so much for checking out this episode. 
Thank you, Scott, for taking the time to be on and share your wisdom and experience and ideas for the video game. That was really fun. If you haven't already, be sure, please, to subscribe on YouTube, follow on Instagram or wherever you're hearing this, leave a comment or review, smash the like button, and uh, click notify. All that stuff really helps me, and it will help you see more of these podcasts if you enjoyed it. If you got this far, you must have uh, liked something. So thank you again for checking this out. Thank you, Vocalese, as always, for supporting our voices. And I'll see you next week for another episode of State of My Art Podcast.